Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Episode 30 of Brews and Bruins, a the Hockey Podcast Network podcast presented by Bruins Diehards and sponsored by Save More Spirits and DraftKings, a drinkable podcast you can taste. What? How are we doing? Should we uh, should we talk about uh, any of our sponsors? Ooh, should we? Which which one goes first? Hey, let's do Save More first. Oh shit! <laughs> oh shit! That's a teaser. Say, say more. Shouts to, to Kenny. Say more deserves first. Yeah, this episode is sponsored by Save More Spirits. Check them out for all of your beer, wine, and liquor needs. They have all of the macro brews as well as a healthy offering of local beers and craft beers from all over. Some of those all-overs include locations in Somerville, Medford, Cambridge, and Malden. If you want to learn more, you can check out SaveMoreSpirits.com. That's Save More without an E in either of those, Spirits.com. Online ordering also available at Minibar and Drizzly. Free delivery on your order from Drizzly with the promo code Bruce and Bruins. That's Bruce and Bruins with an 8%. No spaces. Sorry, Kim, I, hate to, I hate to correct you, but it's pronounced Malden. Malden. There you go. Ma. There you go, kid. Andrew, uh, you got a DraftKings read? You want to put the DraftKings thing up in the corner? Up in front of my closet, which is open for the first time on this podcast? Hey there. (laughs) (laughs) Meeting both of them so I can use the tournament. Is finally here, 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 here. The brackets have been set, set, set. And the teams are ready to hit the court, court, court. And DraftKings, the leader in one day fantasy, 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 is celebrating with their largest free, free, free college, 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 basketball, basketball, basketball tournament. Ah, Survivor Pool ever. How large? $1 million in total prizes up for grabs. And if that's not enough, check this out. When you enter the free DraftKings $1 million survival pool, you could get a shot at winning $10,000 for every upset through the first two rounds of the tournament. So get ready to feel the sweat. It's easy to play. Just pick one team per day. 
If you win, you survive and advance to the next round. Last person standing is the winner. Remember, you can only pick a team once for the entire tournament, so choose wisely. DraftKings is safe and secure. You can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. So get in on all this week's action. In order to do that, you can download, download, download the the, the DraftKings app now. Enter code THPN during sign-up and enter the free, free, free online, online million-dollar survivor pool. Again, that is code THPN to enter into DraftKings free online million-dollar survivor pool. Eligibility restrictions apply. There's a condition provided. See DraftKings.com for details. <laughs> so I did, I did enough screaming while you muted me that my roommate texted the group chat that I'm on that I'm in my other room screaming. <laughs> so uh, thank you for thank you for that. All right, welcome to this episode of this podcast. I'm Eric Carlson. I'm here with Cam Newton and Drew Bledsoe. Um, we're we're all hockey podcasters. Well, what are we what are we drinking alcohol wise, folks? Too much. <laughs> Correct answer. <laughs> Welcome uh, to eleven thirty nine p.m. Eastern. Yeah, I'm drinking a harpoon Reckley, which I've had several times on this podcast. So, um, dude, uh, I, I feel like that's one that is on the Nesson broadcasts now. The like Reckley? Really? Yeah, I wouldn't I know because I don't know the watch fucking Bruins game in a month. But. I think they're calling it out there. I, I know you've had it on the podcast before. I think they're yeah, starting to. Beer. Start to move it. We we should uh, get in touch with Harpoon for sure. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We should. <laughs> Drew, what are you drinking? Okay, um, <laughs> I got a Sagittarius season that I had last episode. I also got an omission. You got a little clusterfuck going on over here. I also have this picture of me and my dog, who is no longer <laughs> alive. Um, I'm sorry, sorry about dog. that. Uh, it's okay. Life happens. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> also, like, uh, we forgot to shout it out on the last episode, so this is probably a week later. But uh, a day ago, as of this recording, was my dog's 17th birthday. Uh, so, shout yeah. to Rascal. Shout to Rascal. Um, all right, so... I've got uh, two two of my buddies. Uh, we we've done this on this podcast before, but uh, two of my buddies have a home brewery out here in San Diego, and they've won awards for their beers at the San Diego Fair, and are, are branching out and trying to get some more national awards nowadays. But they have this beer out. It's uh, it's called the Captain, and it's a dark Czech lager which I absolutely love because it uh, involves all of my favorite things about the Bruins, including David Pasternak, David Krejci, and Patrice Bergeron. Um, and it's just a delicious beer. I mean, like, I, I can't sell it because I have, basically no one listening to this podcast can get it, but go check out our previous podcast that I featured this on to get the, the ratings, but the taste is good. The drinkability is excellent, so yeah, it's it's probably like a twenty-five tastes, thirty-five drinkability. 
Nice, nice, nice. The Sagittarius season is brought to you by several diehards. Um, <laughs> and it is, uh, I read it last podcast. Go listen. If you're too lazy to listen, it's fine. Drew just sent me a Snapchat, so I, I gotta watch it. Hold on. Oh, yeah, he watches just... that, I'll be right back to you, and then we'll get into the fun. <laughs> it was mostly Drew sponsored is drafted by in. Kings of Leon. Yeah, so, so while Cam... While Cam is gone, I guess I can explain what this episode is going to be. We're going to do more of – it's going to be a little bit visual. You can you can absolutely listen to this podcast, and, and you'll get something out of it. But I think the best way to do it is probably to watch the YouTube video of it. We got our you can YouTube see all the page. actions I'm making right now, too. Yeah, we got, we got our YouTube page, Brews and Bruins. Um, so I'm going to – I'm I'm a subscriber on Patreon of Evolving Hockey. They do really great – fancy stat data for for hockey and i think it's something that a lot of people are resistant to because i think it's really easy to be like i don't understand this so i don't want to deal with it or pay attention to it and i think i think it's a really important thing and i think it's not something to you know hitch your wagon to and be like this is everything about hockey and i think i think that's a really easy way to get down a rabbit hole of like thinking you know more than people who know the game of hockey and I think the other end of the spectrum being a, a person who only watches hockey and doesn't pay attention to statistics is, is a really easy way to get into the like old person game of only caring about big hits and controlling the game through taking the body. Like I, I think a really good balance is, is a, is a good way to have, have a good, feeling for the game and being able to break down like what's going on in hockey, especially breaking down a single team, figuring out what's going on on a line on a defensive pairing. I think there's a lot of value in looking into fancy stats and the ones specifically we're going to be looking into today are we're going to do goals for per 60, which is not a fancy stat. That's just how many goals did you score? per 60 minutes on the ice that's just there to compare against the actual fancy stats which are expected goals for per 60 that one's a little more interesting to explain basically it's there there are three big ones that, that have expected goals uh stats but the one we're dealing with is uh evolving hockey um basically what it does is it takes the data points of basically a, a million shots somewhere around that region and any single shot on the ice by a single player is measured against every other shot that's been taken in their data set and with about a hundred variables is measured against similar shots and basically it's given a value of how often is this shot a goal and taken against such a huge sample size, obviously you lose the nuance of, okay, I'm watching this game. I can see that this player is taking this shot and this is how much I think this shot is valued. Like this shot was a good shot or a bad shot. You lose that nuance. But given the context of all of the variables and everything, like this is, uh, it, it can be really valuable to look at expected goals percentage. And so 
expected goals for per 60 is basically like how much a player is expected to score versus a million data points. And there are ways you can weigh this where a player like David Pasternak, uh, not to spoil for our future, uh, for, for the rest of the podcast, but a player like David Pasternak might have a low expected goals percentage or low expected goals for per 60 versus the actual goals per 60 because he is such a good shooter and he'll outperform all of the data points based on how good he is at shooting. So there's a lot of things to weigh, but also in these charts that we're going to show on this, on this YouTube, like you get a lot of that context too, where we're going to also talk about Corsi four per 60, which I think a lot of people are resistant to Corsi for a lot of different reasons, but I think if you use it correctly, Corsi can be really valuable where if you're, if you're using Corsi, which is uh, basically shot attempts for and against um, we've got Corsi four per 60 and Corsi against per 60 on these charts. And, and basically what it is, it's shot attempts. And a lot of people try to use that as, okay, like how likely is this person to score a goal? And that's fine, I guess. But really what you want to use that for is as a massive sample size for determining how good that player is at controlling possession. Because generally a player who is on the ice for more shot attempts is better at possession than a player who is on the ice for a lot of shot attempts against. And comparing those things is really important. So we're going to have those stats on the board. We're also going to look at power play because that's we're not going to talk so much about power play but there are some things that are going to come up that are going to be interesting to talk about and having that on the on the table is going to be cool um cam and i are going to kick some data points ass right now yeah we're so, gonna so show Corsi who's boss so really what we're yeah. going to do is we're going to i'm, I'm going to ask cam and drew what they think about an individual player and they're going to give me a, a, like a quick answer. I don't, I don't want like a long-term answer. Just give me like what you think of them offensively and defensively. And then if I ask, give me like what you think of them on the power play. And then we'll go over what the fancy stats say, because I think the truth is somewhere in the middle. And, uh, you know, as always in hockey, I think the truth is somewhere in the middle. But uh, uh, we'll discuss that. And I think that's, that's an interesting and worthwhile conversation to have. So this is your State of the Union Bruins podcast. And these stats are as of when? Uh, These stats are as of March 13th, 2021. What a year. What a year. Um, So let's let's start with, Drew, share my screen on the the page. Hold on. Don't share it yet. Um, Because I got to ask you guys first. Here we go. Let's start with Patrice Bergeron. How do you guys feel about how Patrice Bergeron has played this year? Let's talk about offensively, defensively, and in terms of puck possession. Who's starting? Start with Cam. Uh, I mean, I think Bergeron's possession stats are always going to be good, especially with that top line. Um, I think with the amount that that line has produced – I mean, I like, grant he's 
Yeah, he scored a decent amount, but he's not the one. I mean, Pasternak is the one leading the goal scoring, and then obviously Marshan can do it quite a bit. Um, so I wouldn't necessarily expect his um, his own, you know, goals for per sixty or anything to be f- soaring, but or or expected, um, but strong enough in the possession stats for sure. Drew, how you feeling? You know, I like. Patrice Berger in a lot. I think he gets the pucks in deep, and I think he uh, he plays the game the way it's supposed to be played. You know, he's a real stand-up guy, and plays. He's a two hundred foot player. You know, he does everything you ask of him. He's a great captain. He's a he's going to be a hundred out of a hundred of whatever the fuck stat we're talking about. All right, we got like twenty five more of these players to go. Let's go. Uh, pull this up. Oh yeah, fuck! I have to do this. Okay. Uh, no, no, can't get away. There you go. All right. So this is this is interesting for a couple of reasons. So the goals for per sixty really high, goals expected per sixty like above average, but only barely above average. But also Corsi four per sixty, Corsi against per sixty, super above average. So I, I think it's uh, I mean the most interesting thing you can see on the on the page is the expected goals against per sixty is below average. But I, I think the most important thing is that possession is is huge. So you're getting great possession numbers offensively, great possession numbers defensively. And even though the expected goals per 60 is pretty low, the goals for per 60 is high. And I think that that speaks to how good that first line is just at converting opportunities. Whereas a a lesser line in, in hockey might not convert as many opportunities. And I think, you know, maybe it's it's concerning seeing both the expected goals for and expected goals against not being great for Patrice Bergeron. Uh, I mean, everything in that power play section of, <laughs> of the, it's all good on the power play. So I don't know. I, I think you could look at this and say, hey, maybe this is Patrice Bergeron uh, finally starting to lose it a little bit. And I think there might be something to it. True. God damn it. You got to stop doing this. <laughs> uh, there, there might be something to that. Um, and I think we'll, we can get to that when we start looking at his line mates. So let's move to David Pasternak. All right. Well, I think we should switch off me and Cam each going first. Yeah. You go first here. Close All right. So David Krejci upon this motherfucking rock, David Pasternak, <laughs> <laughs> you can make it whatever you want all right upon this motherfucking pasta there is a meatball i need to make the most recent one by the way reminder to self um i mean pasta has got to be good offensively because he is duh um i don't know how the stats are going to reflect but i think pasta has been pretty good he hasn't been bad uh, he got a late start to the season too, so you gotta consider that. Yeah, boy, well, this, boy, this is this is like this is standardized per game, so it's per six. No, no, so I know. Not, I'm not. I'm not saying about the stat. I'm just saying in general. Like you know, he's been really good considering the fact he joined the season. You know, not midway through, but a little delayed. Cam, interested to hear what you think about Pasta's overall game. You gonna me now? Is <laughs> it me or Cam? Oh, did you not hear me? Sorry, yeah, Cam. Interested to hear what you think of his overall game. 
Uh, I mean, offensively, it should seem to be through the roof. Uh, I think his possession stats are doing pretty strong, too. Um, but, yeah, those expected goals for I expect to be really high. Ooh, interesting. Share it, Drew. This is one of the most interesting charts, like, against what I thought what I was going to see. So, like, obviously the goals for per 60 is going to be huge. I was expecting the goals for per 60 to be a little higher, but this is the one where I'm talking about, like, okay, maybe a guy like Pasternak uh, can convert an absurd amount of uh, – because goals for – expected goals for is going to take into account, like, where on the ice you're shooting from. And a guy like Pasternak is going to convert from places that most other people can't, especially like beyond the dot. Um, and I mean, his power play numbers are really weird. Uh, so we'll exclude that. But um, the thing that I'm looking most at is ex- expected goals against per 60 is really interesting. Like, so this is a guy who I've watched this year and I've thought, in the defensive zone has looked a lot better than he has in past years. And I think that's bearing out in these numbers right here. And I mean, Corsi four per 60, Corsi against per 60, strong first line. Obviously it's all going to look good. I, I think it's a, it's an interesting set of numbers. So, I mean, you, you can look at these numbers and probably talk yourself into, into a bunch of different things, but, um, but I think the best thing to take into account is, uh, this guy is probably, other than Connor McDavid, the best guy at converting goals in the league. Yeah, this oh. is a really good example of, like, when you have that differential, there can be a situation where it's like, hey, they're overperforming and it's not sustainable. Like, look, this is where they should be and this is where they are. Like, for some players, you're going to say oh, that's going to drop off, but the Poston one of those players where it's not he's overperforming, it's just he's that good that – it doesn't matter where he is on the ice, he's going to be a threat, and, and it reflects that. So kind of one of those situations where you're talking about weighing what you see versus just the state. You, if you look at just the numbers, that you might be like, well, he's super overperforming, he's going to plateau or fall off, whereas that could very much not happen. It's just he's that good. Yeah, uh, so I don't think we need to spend too much time on this, but share the Brad Marchand numbers. With, like, I don't think you guys need to like chime in on it too much, but th- this is what Brad Marchand looks like. like He's one of the best players in the league. It's going to be good. And also he's another type of player where I think always his goals for are going to be better than his expected goals for because he is such a lethal shooter. I think his entire career, he's not, he's never been a huge volume shooter. And I think every year his volume's gone up. He's just gotten better as a, as a scorer because he's always been this like 15 to 20% shooter where he just has this, this nose for goals. And uh, I think having a nose like that uh, equals goals. Um, and I think we all, we all know he's a great defensive player. His, his expected goals against his course against all that stuff kind of equals that. And, you know, great power play numbers. Let's move on. What's next? Brochacho. What is next is David Krejci. Interested to hear what you guys think about David Krejci uh, offensively and defensively. Give me some thoughts on what you've seen from him so far. I mean, a little surprise took him this long to score. I, I'm, I would, I would think his expected goals for are going to be a little higher than his actual. Obviously, with the lack of production. Um, 
I don't think he's actually played that poorly. I think it's going to reflect a little bit better. Um, possession, again, with Krejci, somebody who can create so much space, I feel like he's going to have pretty solid possession numbers. Oh, Krejci, Krejci, Krejci. Where do we begin, brother? Upon this rock, I built a church for you. Um, <laughs> I, I'm lost of the stats. He's been pretty good. I am also surprised it's been his first goal, but at the same time, you got a winger like, Nick Ritchie, who's suddenly doing good, and then you got DeBrusque, who's like doing okay, and then bad, and then you bring in like you know whoever the fuck to fill in when he's not doing good. Like his numbers gotta be like literally everywhere. I have a feeling like, or or they're just like no numbers at all, and they're just like along even. I don't know. Drew, you got it pretty much right. Share it ahead. You so offensively. It's weird. His goals for per 60 is less than his expected goals for per 60. Like that's, uh, or I guess more than his expected goals for per 60. He's just like been an offensive sink, but defensively been super good. Um, possession wise kind of evens out with the Corsi for and Corsi against, but, um, having a, a steady defensive player like that is, is always good to have in the lineup. And I think, yeah, you know, I think it'll it'll even out eventually. I think the expected goals for will go up when that line starts jailing a little bit more. But I think the thing to really look at is <laughs> these power play numbers. David Krejci, the goals for per 60, holy shit. Um, that means David Krejci is toward the top of the league. So having that guy in your top power play unit is an important thing. And I think that's something to look out for when, you know, if that power play unit stops producing for a little bit and i know they had a slump for a while i think keeping david Krejci on that top top power play unit is an important thing based on these numbers and a big indicator of what the power play could look like in the future with free agent david Krejci approaching fair enough especially yeah, when you yeah. compare it to last season but that's a whole other story yeah, all right well yeah. next let's look at our dude uh big fudge nick Ritchie. This, this is an interesting chart where right. uh, Yeah, 100th percentile, or I guess first percentile for goals for, expected goals for, of course, for uh, everything. It's 100%. This is the top winger in the league right now. The the hottest, (laughs) the fudgiest. Yeah, first first percentile Um, and fudginess. Definitely the fudgiest winger. Um, You know, this guy's got it all. I mean, he does literally everything. So I'm going to say he's... He's just all up. It's just a hundred percent. Bars are all the way up. I don't know what the bars mean still, but they're all the way up. It's standard DV. I should have explained this. It's, it's I basically. I, I'm not gonna get it, but for the listeners, maybe. Standard so the, deviation the, drew is the average distance from the mean from yeah, the sun. So we'll, we'll, we'll talk about this when we pull the chart up. But can you? Uh, okay, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Cam's now Cam has now seen the chart, so it doesn't matter. I can see it at the bottom every time, by the way. So. <laughs> Cam, how do you feel about Nick Ritchie? Um, I would, I'm, I'm, I'll tell you what. The thing I'm most interested to see is his possession stats because there's always this narrative about like big bodies going to clear up room, you'd be able to possess the puck. Well, I think he's been effective. I'm not sure if that's how I he's been effective or if it's just. Kind of like, hey, he's been in the right place at the right time, and that's hockey. So, um, good call, Cam. I don't know if I want Pull to make any. Uh, there you not go, to man. cut you off too much. I just want to get this moving because we got a ton of players to get to. Yeah. But 
the goals for per 60, obviously bad. I think that line has generally been unlucky. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, if you're looking at Corsi for and Corsi against, he's been really good possession-wise. It's uh, It's been a really positive season. And then defensively, expected, expected goals against, if he's in his own zone, he's been really good. And expected goals for, he's been a little below average, but I think that's to be expected if your line just hasn't been producing well. The thing to me is that he's been really good on the power play, as we've seen, and his expected goals for on the power play, way higher. And I, I think that's probably, uh, you know, a, most of the shots he's taking on the power play are going to be around the crease. So I think that's generally going to be a, a recipe for being really high in the expected goals for. But, you know, I mean, that might mean that he's also getting kind of unlucky, even though he's been really good already on the power play. So. Good shit. Right. Numbers don't lie. His other linemate, David Krejci's other linemate, Jake DeBrusque. Let's look at that. Dr. Brusque. I think it's going to be sad boy hours for DeBrusque. I think he's going to be deep underground in the trenches of the, I don't know, name your favorite desert. That's where he's at. Yeah, you guys aren't far off. Let's check, take a look at it. I think the, the thing to look at to maybe look for some optimism. Um, I mean, we got some goals for per 60 above average and his goals for per 60 expected goals for above average goals for way below average. So maybe there's some room for some turnaround there, but Jesus, this guy is not doing much defensively. Um, and he's an absolute sink on the power play. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think, I think if you're looking for something, where okay this guy's getting unlucky a little bit and we're trying to build up his value for either trade value or we want him to produce for our team um you know this isn't what you're looking for like he's he's definitely getting unlucky based on these numbers but it's not as much as you'd want to see yeah i think it's time to flip him with john moore for jack eichel is what you're saying yeah, yeah, I think sure. yeah, I think you're thinking uh, Jake DeBrusque for the reincarnation of Wanker. All right, this is also like one of the other ones I'm most interested in hearing about. Charlie Coyle. What are your thoughts on Charlie Coyle so far this season? Uh, Chucky Coyle, aka Chucky Cheese. Um, is... give me give me like offense and defense, just like a quick offense. What your, what your perception is? So offense, I think he's getting like decent scoring chances. I mean. You got Craig Smith and Trent Frederick. They've been like, all right. I think they've been good both ways, but it's not going to be like incredible, you know, because I think offense, they haven't executed a lot. Um, I'm thinking the whole line here, which I think is just an implication of how Coyle is playing. So I don't think too hot, but like at the same time, I think they're getting opportunities. So I don't know how that's calculated into this. But All right, cool. Cam, I said quick. You do that better. Uh. Decent possession, yeah, not much in the way of expected offense, I would say. All right, Drew, pull it up. Boom! It's bad. Ooh, Look how down. bad that is. Expected goals against. Like I, I was expecting Charlie Coyle to be a much better defensive player. Um, expected goals against. When he's in his own zone, it, it doesn't look good. Um, this is disappointing. This is the most disappointed I was in any player I saw in terms of their charts. Um, and yeah, it's probably somewhere in between the charts and, and what we saw in terms of reality. But 
yeah, this isn't something uh, you want to see. Everything's negative, uh, except for Corsi 4 on the power play, and that doesn't really mean anything. Sick nasty. So let's move to let's move to one of Charlie Coyle's line mates, Trent Fred Eric, and I'm omitting his power play time because there isn't any. Um, but I'm closing my eyes because I can see at the bottom where things are. <laughs> okay. Well, let's let's talk about offensively and defensively where you think Trent Fred Eric is. Go Cam. Fuck, I don't know. Um. I'm just gonna say modest on either end, just close to the average. Um, yeah, I'm gonna say <laughs> so. <laughs> uh, I don't, I don't fucking know, man. He's all over the place. He's kind of like, I, and I respect him for that. He's like everywhere. So I'm gonna say his stats are fucking everywhere. Pull him up. Drew got it right. <laughs> all right, so we got. Really, really impressive expected goals against numbers and like pretty not great expected goals for numbers. Possession numbers are kind of evening out, but I think that's kind of a good thing to see from a guy like Trent Fred Eric, where I mean his his role right now is to prevent opportunities on the other end. And I think like if you have him on the fourth line, that's what you want from a fourth liner. If you have him on the third line, I think that can't hurt you. And I think if you want to bump him up eventually, uh, he's going to need to develop more of an offensive game. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, so let's go to Craig Smith. Ooh, man, with two first names. There are other, yeah, only two. Only two of the first names. I think, uh, I coming, think coming in there was an expectation, but let's see where you guys fall and how you feel about this guy. I think Smithular Craig um, is great, dude. I think I don't know. He just takes shots from everywhere, and then like nothing happens. So I don't think he's doing too great. A stats, but I don't know how. Yeah, yep. that's my guess. Fair enough. Cam, go ahead. Uh. Decent defense, not much offense. All right, pull it up. Pull it up. Woo! All right, so here's the deal. Um, it looks like he's getting maybe the most unlucky on the offensive end of anybody on the team. Uh, his expected goals for is like half a standard deviation above average in the league, and his goals for is half a standard deviation below average on the league. So you would expect especially given the course he four for 60, like that was what you were, you were talking about, Drew. Like that's, that's taking shots from everywhere, but that's exactly what I was talking about. His expected goals for wouldn't be that high if he wasn't taking good opportunities as well. The thing that I'm disappointed in is his expected goals against, we would expect that to be above average considering what we were sold early on when he was a free agent and coming into the season. Also, he's been an absolute sink on the power play. So, not great. Um, let's look at the fourth how, how many line. more players we got? Because I'm either gonna open another beer or not. Open another beer. We got uh, we got the fourth line, and then we got the defense. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, so we got uh, Sean Corrali now. Bad. Not good. I don't think he's played well this season. 
Drew. Thoughts? John Corrali, more like bad. All right. Pull it up. Yeah, get this guy off the fucking ice. I don't think those he, are fucking ugly. <laughs> based based on what we've seen on the ice versus what these numbers are, I think we uh, we've been talking about it over the past whatever about like maybe there are different ways to be a fourth liner and and what that means, but that expected goals against needs to be high uh, if you're being that low on the offensive end and it's neither. So I think maybe it's time to be sitting this guy down a little bit. I concur. All right. Next is Anders Bjork. Um, yeah, he's probably like, all right. I mean, he's all over the lineup. I don't think his numbers are going to be great. Um, but I don't think they're going to, they're not going to be as bad as Corrales. I guarantee that right now. Cam. RT. 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 All right. RT. Obviously hasn't played on power play, so ignore that. But, you know. Below average offensive player, uh, but looks really good defensively. And this is the type of thing you want to see from a fourth liner. Obviously, this is not what you wanted to see Anders Bjork turn into. uh, But I think this is the kind of chart that a really successful fourth liner should be putting up. Fair. 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 Chris Wagner. Ooh. I'm coming hot off the press because you told me the other day that he is one of statistically one of the worst wingers in the league. This ain't going to be good. I'm assuming it's going to be pretty bad, so let's take a look. Hey, maybe better than you think. But also not good. <laughs> <laughs> that was misleading. It's- <laughs> So it's a little bit of what you want to see from a fourth liner. You got the Corsi against of pretty good like possession numbers where it evens out. Like Corsi for Corsi against pretty much exactly even out. And then your uh, expected goals against is pretty good. So, uh, I mean, you got a guy signed for too much money for too many years. I guess I feel comfortable with him on that wing for however long we're riding it out for, as long as he can put this up. I, I don't want him given up too many more like the expected goals for is so low that you're just never gonna score a goal uh but at least he's not giving up a shit ton of goals next we got jack stanika and let it be known this is a limited sample size so we don't really know what we're getting here but you a hit cam Cam, go ahead. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking mute. Um, yeah, I don't know. I haven't seen enough over the last month, to be honest with you. So, I think the dude's a stud, and he's going to sneak uh, in there. God damn it, Drew. <laughs> All right. Nope. So, well, no, so here's, here's the thing. This is, this is what to look at. So the goals for per 60 is bad, obviously. Expected goals for per 60 is less bad, but it's still not good. But here's the thing that I was looking at is the expected goals against per 60. And the thing that I was looking at him 
as a player, surprised that I think he's way better on the back check than I was expecting. And I, I think like in his own zone is pretty good. So if you're if you're looking for a guy who's your future center, and while you're watching, I think the eye test tells you this guy can score goals, create opportunities. I think these two things are going to turn around in the future. Corsi four per sixty, not great, obviously. Th- that shit can can turn around. Um, yeah, yeah, you obviously want possession numbers way better than that, but I think as a defensive player, he's better than, than expected. And, and that's one thing you can point at and be like, sure, this guy might be good. Ooh, here we go. We're getting into defensemen. Late on me. We're going to start with Charlie McAvoy. This is an interesting one. Chuck Norris. Man, he's got to be badass. Uh, he's probably going to be good. I mean, he's the best defenseman on the fucking team. Well, maybe maybe this episode will reveal he's not statistically, <laughs> but um, no, I, I, don't, I don't think that's Ch- a hot take. It's Chucky M. Chickum. That's not as hot a take as you might think. Uh, best defenseman on the team. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Good. All right. Jesus, uh, yeah. The surprising thing might be. Uh, Power play, but uh, which is why I'm okay with him not really being involved on the power play. I think Matt Grizzlick is probably the guy there. Um, things we're looking at uh, expected goals way higher than actual goals for. Uh, I, I think there's some prodigious offense to be tapped into. Um, Corsi four really high uh, could just be a guy who's firing shots from the point, but I think there is stuff to be tapped into. Goals against, uh, I, I think, I think more of a possession guy than he is like a great defensive player, but obviously well above average defensive player. So you know, we're looking at we're looking at a guy like those first line players who are really good defensive players, but not like blowing you away because they never have to be in their defensive zone. And I think that's kind of where he is. Nice. The guy I pulled up next was Jeremy Lausanne. Oh, Lausanne, He's got many layers to him. Real, real yeah, quick on Lausanne. Give me, give me offense, defense. He's got some good layers, so I'm gonna say both are decent. Though I think his offense is actually gonna be better than his defense. Yeah. <laughs> no. Well, don't agree with Drew on that because really, really good defensively. I think uh, I think this is your guy that uh, in the future you want to pair with with McAvoy. I think that was a smart idea at the beginning of the season. Um, he's less of a drag on offense than his goals for per sixty would suggest, but definitely your your Chara type toward the end of his career where like he's giving you more defensively than he's offensively. Next guy is Matt Grizzlick. Kim, go first. I don't think he's going to have a huge, well, maybe expected. I don't know. I feel like he's more of a distributor, so I don't know how that'll reflect, but I think probably decent possession numbers. 
I saw this one in advance because it's like at the bottom of my screen. Um, I think he's going to be good. He's a good old grizzly bear, Matt Grizzly. Yeah. There you go. One of the like good all around defensemen in the league. I think uh, what I, I, I don't know what I was expecting in terms of expected goals against. I think he's pretty good in his defensive zone, but also I think every time we talk about guys, his size, it's, is he good for his size? And he's an above average defenseman in his own zone. And that's worth talking about, especially when he's well above average as an offensive defenseman in terms of creating opportunities, possession, and he's even like pretty solid on the power play. So like the guy, I think he's going to end up making a lot more, a lot more money next contract. Brandon Carlo. Oh boy. The fulcrum's everywhere, bro. He is so good. I mean, he's he an offensive powerhouse. He's so. going to be the best defenseman in the league this year, statistically. <laughs> Go ahead, Cam. Just great goals against. <laughs> well, Drew ruined it. All right, pull it up. <laughs> but this is this is one of the most interesting ones because I was expecting his expected goals against to be way better than this, but his possession numbers are really good. Uh, mostly it's just him on that on that pairing possessing the puck and I mean goals for way better than expected goals for, but I mean, dude, dude's pretty good at possessing the puck. And I think that's a valuable asset, even if he is below average expected goals against, I I think on the penalty kill, he's probably more valuable than that's not shown on here. I think he's probably a pretty valuable penalty killer. So, you know, maybe, maybe Bruins fans overrate this guy, but, I think they probably underrate him as a possession guy. Let me guess who's next. Uh, either Zaboral or Cliffy? It's Vakanainen. Oh, motherfucker. Okay. I got nothing here. You guys Dude, don't look, need to talk about it. Look, pull it up. Look, 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 look. The vacuum. It gotta be. Uh, eh. Just pull it up. It's not good. This is bad. I feel bad. Um, All right. Against- That's good. <laughs> Expected goals against average. Um, everything else below average. Let's move on. That sucks. I wish he was better. Wish Cliffy was is next. Better. Oh my god, Cliffy. Drew, oh, I, I really, really want to hear what you have to, to say. To see the numbers, this. but I don't know what each means yet because I haven't really been looking too closely. I just see where the bars are at and they're everywhere, so I got to guess. Um... I don't think there's too many goals. I don't know what all the fucking stats are, but he's been creating a lot of scoring chances. So I feel like if the stat is reflected in that way somehow, then that's going to be good. Defense, he's been, like, all right. I think an example was where he let Ovechkin – well, Ovechkin beat All right, Cam, you go ahead. Like, I think he's doing all right. All right. (laughs) All right, pull it up here. This is one of the most interesting ones. Awful expected goals per 60. Uh, expected goals per 4 per 60. Excellent expected goals against per 60. So this is a guy you really want in your own zone when you're defending. Like the, I, I think as, as a PK. defensive player in his own zone seems to be very effective at preventing great opportunities. 
Um, Possession-wise, he's losing the possession battle. Uh, expected goals for, he's not creating any opportunities. But uh, I, I think as a penalty killer, maybe this is the guy you want on the penalty kill. I, I think that's what these, Cliffy everywhere. I think that's what these numbers show. Is uh, as a penalty killer, this guy might be fucking sick. Like, this is where the, the PK. this is where the this is where the eye test is better because you should have car uh fucking Cliff in the, at your wing center. Jakob Zaborno. Um, man's got a Z in his name. Gotta be a <laughs> first percentile defense. <laughs> Possession, really good. Everything else, pretty bad. Um, I, I think that's kind of what I, I've seen from him. Like, he's – I've talked, like, positively about him on previous episodes where I, I see him, like, breaking pucks out. I think he looks good in terms of, like, composure when he has the puck, and I think that works well with the course he for, course he against. Like, possessing the puck – um, I, I think you got to look contextually also at like what his offensive and defensive zone starts are when you talk about stuff like that. Uh, not entirely sure where that bears out, but yeah, I was I was expecting his uh, expected goals for and against to be a little better than that, but that's a little disappointing. But at least he has some good numbers in there somewhere. What's next? <laughs> next up, we got the Tin Man. Oh, the Tim Man dude fighting majors through the roof. Toughness don't take any don't take any roof. guesses. Just throw this up there. We can we can uh, talk about Tenority it. fucking best in the biz. Yeah, he's below average on everything. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, uh, I, but I his like teammate the guy. rating is up. You know, <laughs> yeah. that's enough analysis. Of this. Yeah, he's below average. All right, yeah, what's he's, next? He's probably fine. <laughs> uh, next one's interesting. I Kevin Miller. Um. Fucking, uh, I don't have anything good to say about the man. It's it's what you would expect. All right, just pull it up. What do we expect? Oh, I expected that. Bad offense, good defense. I think, uh, regardless of his personality, I think this is the guy you want on your third pairing, right? D. Um, I, I think expected goals against possession, like all that stuff, is good. You're never going to score goals with like he's not going to push possession or he's not going to push like goal opportunities. But you know he will push possession, and if he is in the defensive zone, uh, people are less likely to score against him. Oh yeah, definitely this game. All right, and then uh, <laughs> that was the last player on the Bruins roster, uh, Connor McDavid. Gonna be good. I I see it at the bottom of the screen. Holy shit! That blue purple. Oh my god. Um, I'm sure. I don't even. I dude's probably like actually first percent. He's gotta be he's like. like um, he's he's literally seventeen hundred. Hundredth percentile in goals for for sixty. Expected goals for for sixty. Uh, slightly below hundred percentile in actual goals for for sixty, which means he might be getting a little unlucky with what's going on. Um, power play. Jesus, that's a guy you want. The funny thing is, uh, you know, possession's always going to be good, but expected goals against per 60, pretty good in his own zone uh, this year after being, like, really bad in his own zone last year. And I think that was one of the reasons why a lot of people were talking about 
Leon Dreisaitl surpassing him, especially since he got way more points than him and, and the injuries. Leon Dreisaitl is about this year, about the same amount below average defensively that Connor McDavid is above average defensively. So he's the guy on that team. Um, I, I love Leon Dreisaitl, but, but I, I think people trying to make those hot takes that like he's the best player on that team. Um, I, honestly, anyone listening to this who is uh, who has like NHL center ice or anything like NHL packages, like stay up a little later and watch some of those Oilers games just for the fun of watching Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid because that's it's just such fun hockey. It's, yeah. it, it's so sad that like those two guys are basically it's like Malkin and Crosby. Uh, of a different generation, but like put them in a market that no one watches, and that kind of fucking sucks. A little bit of a waste, yeah. Yeah, I mean, even in Canada, like I'm, I'm, sh- I'm sure a ton of people watch uh, Edmonton in Canada, but yeah. like of the Canadian teams, I feel like that's not the market not the one that pops, yeah. it gets the highest uh, views. All right. Well, uh, honestly, we, we got like almost an hour out of that. That was, yeah. I, I think, a good exercise. Maybe not the most like fun to listen to episode, but uh, I think if you're if you're looking for some info on how you feel about a player versus what the stats say, and like th- this is why we did the balance because I think it's somewhere between what the fancy stats say and what your perception is. I, I think it's important to take both into account because. Numbers don't give you everything. It's a nuanced game. It's it's tough to take a free-flowing game that there are players on the ice in so many different places and Very much it, random. The, the context is so important and we don't really know what goes into these black box numbers for expected goals, so it's hard to be like, I mean, it takes into account where all the players are at every time and what kind of shot it was. And it, it does some of those things, but it we don't know exactly what it takes into, into account. So I'm, I'm very willing to look at these charts and be like, this player is playing really well. This player is playing really poorly. Um, but I'm not willing to completely base my entire opinion of a player on these charts. And I think that's, that's why it's important to be like, hey, Cam, how do you feel about this player? This is what the chart says. Hey, Drew, how do you feel about this player? This is what the chart says. Um, and I hope everybody listening or watching got a pretty good feeling about where they are on a player. And maybe this changed your mind on a player, or maybe this made you really angry and made you want to fight us for something. So <laughs> All uh, I know is I'm in the middle of building a church for David Krejci. <laughs> and if you're looking to build some churches, come on down to the Rock of Krejci. <laughs> if that's the case, uh, come worship at the Church of Krejci. Uh, hey, Get on your you. knees and pray. Thank you, everybody, for joining. I'm going to finish this beer and uh, go play some games with some of my friends. Won't get fooled again.